we bring in our friends? Where are they? Oh, not yet. Uh, they are going to be joining us, so wait for the surprise on that. In the wild card round, the Chiefs shut down the explosive Dolphins offense in the 26-7 win, where the wind chill got to negative 27 degrees at Arrowhead Stadium. That is unreal. Uh, the next week, in the first road playoff game that Patrick Mahomes ever played, the Chiefs knocked off the Bills 20-17. Travis Kelsey caught two TDs, and the Bills miss a game-tying field goal with under two minutes left. That was a heartbreaker. And in the Chiefs' sixth straight AFC title game, unreal, the defense stepped up. Held Lamar Jackson and the Ravens to just 10 points, forced three turnovers in a 17-10 win in Baltimore. So the Chiefs have had the most losses they've had with Patrick Mahomes as a starter this season all year. We've talked about the receiver drops and the miscues, and yet here they are in the Super Bowl again. And see, guys, I promised you, PMAX <laughs> in the house and Lewis Riddick. Pat, Lewis, how we feeling this morning, fellas? Super Tuesday, let's get it. Fantastic. I wish I looked as good as Lewis Riddick, though. Look at how handsome that man is on the other side of the screen. Look how handsome that man is. Yep. I'm just I'm Moonlights just, is a model. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to I'm just trying to I'm just trying to get up the courage to wear a tank top on TV. So I'm gonna try that <laughs> one of these times though. <laughs> hey, I, have, I have seen I have seen Lewis unbutton them buttons a couple more down to the you know what I yeah, mean? So yeah. he, he's conservative. <laughs> this is, this he's conservative right now. He's conservative. conservative. Yeah, that Listen, Vegas looks gonna hey, look a little different. Yeah, that a little look, different yeah, out Lewis, there. Lewis, when we go out to Vegas, right, I mean you can go for it. If you want to go three buttons, you could do it. Yeah. All right, uh, I, I got you. I got you. I'll loosen and up. And I'm just going to work on the tricep dip, so maybe someday I can wear a tank top on TV like that, too. <laughs> yeah. But it's going to take some reps, Pat. We'll get there. Pat, tell me this. Uh, will Mahomes <laughs> get a pass if the Chiefs lose the Super Bowl? Just considering uh, what I said, right, like with this, how this season played out, we didn't even think that they would be here. Molly, obviously I'm a massive fan of yours, and I understand the first take is the greatest television show in sports history, all right? But the whole, will Mahomes get a pass if the Chiefs lose Sunday was emailed to me this morning, and I have no <laughs> idea what that means. What is that? <laughs> will Mahomes get a pass if the Chiefs right, lose love, on Sunday? Does this guy stink if he loses it? to the San Francisco 49ers? Patrick Mahomes, a man who's been to six straight AFC <laughs> championship games, has already won two Super Bowls, is already on a Mount Rushmore, and already in the Hall of Fame in everybody's eyes, but if he loses to the San Francisco 49ers, who are favored in the Super Bowl, this guy stinks. I think everything about him is terrible. He's bad at football, and I will not give him a pass. I don't know how you're supposed to answer that. I have no idea how you're supposed to answer if you give him a pass or not. Like, yeah, he's Patrick Mahomes. He's phenomenal. What he's done to start his career is absurd. He's 28 years old. They already got him in the Hall of Fame on Mount Rushmore. They're already comparing him to potentially Tom Brady, who was something that we never thought would ever happen again, and boom, here we are with a guy that likes ketchup and Coors Light. It's just like, I love everything about what Patrick Mahomes has done since getting the starting job, since Alex Smith passed it off to him in the last week of the season whenever they're arresting their starters against the Denver Broncos. He's a gamer. He's competitive. He's athletic. He's humble. He's selfless. He'll do whatever they call for him to do to win the game, and he has all the talent in the world. It's the Super Bowl. He's taking on a Niners defense that is phenomenal. Will we give him a pass if he can't beat him? I'd hope so because what we've seen from this man <laughs> is nothing short of greatness, Jeffrey Saturday. 100% agree. I had the same response. 
With the same response. I was like, what do you mean give them a pass? I was like, there's no pass required to get them to the Super Bowl was a dang near miracle. He had more drops in a season than in the NFL. It is insanity. And by the way, he called his own shot. When he threw it to MVS and overthrew him by a yard, he's like, well, next time I'll throw it a yard shorter and he'll make. What's he do to get in the Super Bowl? Throws it a yard shorter and hits him square in between the numbers where MVS does make the catch. They proceed on to the next Super Bowl. It is absolutely absurd at how good this guy is and what he's been able to do. So for, for sure, he gets as many passes as he needs to take this team to mm. the Super Bowl if they don't somehow finish this thing off with a Super Bowl victory. He is absolutely insane. Every player who listens to him wants to play for him. Guys look at him. He elevates everybody else around him. He's phenomenal, irrespective of how this game ends up. Agreed. Lewis. All right. So let me start by saying this, okay? Before Patrick Mahomes even played a down, somebody in this three box right here said that he would win an MVP, throw for over 40 touchdowns, and be the greatest thing we've seen take a ball from center in the past 30 years. Somebody said that. That wasn't Somebody me. said Jeff. That. On live TV. Somebody said Lewis that. Lewis Riddick. Jeff. I will co-sign. I was a part. Somebody of this. said that. I was on the show at that point. Okay. You did absolutely so, say that, and you were. So I just went. So I wanted. So 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 that being said, that being said, Patrick is Patrick is operating on a different playing field right now. He's operating on a different playing field. Okay. Patrick's supposed to is supposed to produce miracles. Patrick's being compared to the goats, right? Patrick right now is already like, like Pat, you already said Patrick's being compared to the greatest to ever play the game, period. Forget this quarterback. He's gonna be he's gonna be soon, he's gonna start elevating into the conversation of is he the greatest football player of all time, period. Okay, so with that being said, if he loses this football game, regardless of how they got there, when you say will it will I give him a pass? No, only because I'm judging him on historical, like on historical levels now. Because he's he's gotten his football team there. Okay? He's gotten the team there with maybe the most depleted set of weapons that he's had since he came to, since he went to Kansas City, right? So he's already performing miracles in that regard. Right. And San Francisco is considered to be all season long the best football team in football. I mean, the best roster in football. Kyle Shanahan, despite the fact that he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet, the best coach in football. He has the best scheme in football. You can't stop it. They have the best defense in football. Their front seven wrecks everything. Fred Warner is the best thing since Dick Butkus, which I almost believe by the way and you know Dre Greenlaw is his sidekick they 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 play flawless football but you know what they have shown some vulnerabilities this football game is a lot closer than I think many people think it's going to be and I do think this if Patrick is to lose to here's the kicker and see Pat I'm with you on Brock Purdy I've heard you talk about Brock Purdy and you know how I feel about Brock Purdy I'm tired of the slander we went on about it already earlier on this morning but if Patrick loses so to speak, to Brock Purdy, you think people are going to give him a pass? Because people don't want people don't want Brock Purdy to win this football game. You know that, right? Because then they're going to have to twist themselves up in a pretzel, going, "How in the hell did Mister Irrelevant beat Patrick Mahomes?" And then you know what? They won't concentrate on on Brock Purdy. They'll turn to Patrick Mahomes and they'll try and find anything they possibly can to say this is why you didn't elevate your football team. So I don't think he's going to get a pass. I don't think. And you know what? If I were him, I wouldn't want one. I wouldn't want one. I'd say bring it. Bring it. You think my receivers drop passes? I don't have a lot of weapons. This is one of our weaker teams. It's a defensive-driven football team. Bring it. We'll see what happens in a week.
I love it. I absolutely love everything you just said there, Lewis. And I have heard you stick up for Brock Purdy. And shout out to you having a big brain calling not only Patrick Mahomes being everything that he already is before he even stepped foot into the NFL, but for sticking up for a second-year guy in Brock Purdy. And I think it's interesting, you know, because obviously Patrick Mahomes will get buried if he loses to Mr. Irrelevant on the biggest stage, even though Mr. Irrelevant mm -hmm. is favored to win this game with the team that they have. But a lot of people want to see Patrick Mahomes lose. A lot of people want to see this Kansas City Chiefs I team know. lose. A lot of people are calling for Brock Purdy, a man just three weeks ago was a game manager and a checkdown king and not that good of a football player. They're saying, hey, you're our final hope to knock Taylor Swift and Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes <laughs> off this pedestal that we never had. It's been a wild roller coaster of emotions towards this <laughs> dynasty that we're watching build right in front of us. But to your point, what I think what we're seeing here with this Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs dynastic build is something that happens so quickly, so fast. And at the age of 28, I think we're all having nostalgia of what the Patriots were able to do. So they've become the heels. They've become mm -hmm. the villains. And if Patrick Mahomes does lose this, he will mm -hmm. certainly get attacked by people that love attacking people just to make themselves feel better. For yeah. sure. I don't know about this. Like a lot, lot of, lot of, you know, villains, all this kind of thing. Andy Reid is like the most beloved guy ever to coach in the NFL, and and Patrick Mahomes. Everybody loves Mahomes. I'm not sure. I mean, I like the chip that they use that they though, feel Jeff. vilified, but yeah. like Brady wasn't vilified nearly as much as you guys think. And I was an in Indy as we're getting beat by him, so I know. But it was more Belichick. Andy Reid has never gotten in that category. And listen, what Mahomes has already done is, is is insane. But but this guy, I mean. If you can't give him, if you can't give him house money now, I'm not sure Lewis, when he Lewis, ever. Lewis, you think he's being vilified? Because I thought it's just more Chiefs fatigue. People just wanted to see someone new in the Super Bowl. Patrick? Yeah. There were, people didn't want Patrick. To, they, people didn't want Patrick and didn't want the Chiefs to beat Baltimore. People were pissed off that they beat Baltimore. That it wasn't a Baltimore Detroit. You know what? From what I have heard, people wanted it to be a Baltimore Detroit Super Bowl. Yeah, but that's that—that that was yeah. what yeah. people wanted to see, and they are—they are tired of seeing Patrick, uh, you know, come out there and be the guy who they can't find any flaws with, both on the field or off the field. People are tired of it. That's why I'm saying, if he loses this game, you are going to see people come down and go, finally, you lost to Mr. <laughs> Irrelevant. They're going to forget about Brock Purdy. They won't give Brock Purdy his credit. They'll focus on Patrick. Watch, watch if that's what happens. They will focus on him. Because nobody that wants that to give Brock credit. Are you kidding me? They don't want to give him any credit. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. That might be a storyline if he loses to Mr. Irrelevant. Absolutely. I just don't think of Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid as villains. Bill Belichick Never. maybe was. But I do understand what yeah. you're saying and about, fa about fatigue. Because I was someone who wanted to see Baltimore and Detroit as well. Um, and uh, speaking of some other cities, I got something special for you here, PMAC. Listen up. So there's been 57 Super Bowls prior to Sunday. But this is the first one in Las Vegas. So Sin City has a lot to offer in terms of atmosphere. But yesterday, our mad dog Russo had an interesting take on the best Super Bowl town. Listen up. By far, the best place is Indianapolis. By far. It is a small town. The stadium is great. St. Elmo's Fire Restaurant. That is by, I swear to God. Not a bunch of phonies going out there who know nothing about football that just want to show up because it's quote-unquote the scene. Uh-uh. The real football fan goes to Indianapolis. Not even an issue. Minneapolis was good, too. I was there and Detroit. But Indianapolis was by far the best place to have a Super Bowl. By far. I better not see Mad Dog out on the scene, on the strip at all, only in studio. <laughs> hey, Pat, hate to put you on Front Street, but I think people know you've made Indy your home base. 
What do you think? Is it the best Super Bowl town? Absolutely. And obviously, Jeff's a hero here as well. He was our head coach just a year ago here in Indianapolis. The thing about the Indiana and the Indianapolis mindset is there's a Hoosier hospitality. It is a hosting city. Normally, it's conventions with all the hotels being connected. The downtown workers understand that a lot of people are coming in from out of town. We want people to come in. It hosts the Indy 500 every single year where hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people get a chance to come see our beautiful city here in Indianapolis. And I don't agree with Mad Dog much. He views the world, obviously, from a guy that was born in 1915. But everything he said there about Indianapolis was right on the screws. And the weather, Jeff, if you remember, whenever the Super Bowl happened, it was like 70 degrees in yeah. the middle of February. It was perfect. I would love for Indianapolis to host again. Indianapolis is a great host city. But anytime you get an opportunity, and I think Indianapolis feels this, anytime you get an opportunity to host a company's biggest event, you want to make sure they leave the city thinking to themselves, that was how it needed needs to be done every single time. Yep. Whether it's the FFA that comes through the town, the Future Farmers of America, or the firefighters that come through Indianapolis, or the police, or any of the other conventions that come through town, everybody in Indianapolis wants them to leave thinking to themselves, that was the best place we could have done what we just did. The NCAA hosts events here in the Super Bowl, I'm thankful to hear, had the same exact reaction. That's what this place is all about. And Jeff knows that better than I do, and most people, because he is loved here more than maybe anybody but Peyton Manning and Reggie Miller. <laughs> hey, listen, Mad Dog, you're 100% right. The great part about Mad Dog giving us love like that is he remembers the first Super Bowl, right? He was probably oh there. So when we're talking about that, at least he's bringing <laughs> us some real historical value. Yeah. Dog's really bringing it. And, and Indy was phenomenal that week. It, it was unbelievable. It we had an absolute blast. People are fantastic to, to, yeah. to Pat's yeah. point, man. People in Hoosier hospitality yeah. is real. They love folks. And it was like L.A. weather, 70 degrees, sunshine, gorgeous. That's what Indy yeah. usually looks yeah. like in February. Don't worry. Always, Some days it will always, show. Jeff. Always like that. <laughs> right. It always looks like that. I, 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 w I, wasn't there. I wasn't there when the Super Bowl was there. But I can tell you this. Having gone to the Combine there for the past, what, 24 years? Yep. 23 years now? Every time the combine comes around, those first couple of days before people get worn out with late nights of interviews and early morning workouts, there's a buzz around that town, man. And every single restaurant bar is packed. There are because mm -hmm. it's just so. I mean, you guys know it's just so easy to get around. You don't yeah. need a car. You don't need a cab. And it's just everything's here at your disposal. So look, from a hosting standpoint, with everything being within, I don't know how many square blocks, how many city blocks within, like eight square blocks, five, ten yeah. square five. blocks. I mean, it's like it's just ridiculous. Five, yeah, okay. I mean, it's just ridiculously like easy to pack everything in there, and it's very intimate. It, there's just a lot of diversity. It, yo, I, I love going to the combine every year. By the time you're done, you're ready to go home. But, man, when you first get there, it's like this place is so familiar. I know exactly where everything is. Let's rock and roll. Yeah, for Absolutely. sure. And hey, hey Lewis, we appreciate like you supporting the local economy, Lewis, too. Yeah, That's we've right. Heard, yeah. You know, That's we, right. We, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot I of money spent I do. by Lou. You know what uh, else I, I like it. about Indy is that you don't have to go outside. You can walk around, like, through the mall, through the hotels. It all kind of connects. Yep. It's also very nice, if you know, if it isn't 70 degrees. Yep. But I'm just going to have to say really quickly, my favorite Super Bowl, I said this yesterday, where you could also walk and you didn't need a car was when I took a little walk down Ocean Drive to my set at the Clevelander, I was pretty nice too. 
It was also 80 degrees and mm. sunny on South Beach. So mm. just throwing that out there. <laughs> that was a pretty yeah, nice one. Yeah, I mean, Florida's a little different. Well, Miami's <laughs> a little different. Yeah. Weather's a little different. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. That's some, I, we, 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 we played well in Miami. Yeah, you, got, you, got, you guys en you enjoyed the hospitality there as That's well. Right. Yeah, a long, long time ago, many moons ago. <laughs> many, I said many moons ago. But the people in the Midwest are the best. All right, we'll leave it there, guys. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score beatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Back to the NFL, the Giants have some decisions to make this offseason as the heart and soul of their team running back Saquon Barkley enters another season of free agency. Last year, the Giants placed a franchise tag on Barkley, a one-year deal, making Saquon's future with the team uncertain. Yesterday, he joined us on First Take, had this to say about his future. I want to be a Giant for life. I, I, I mentioned that. I want to be in the likes of Tiki, Michael, Eli, um, but the sad part of it is it's the NFL, it's a business. And, um, if this was my last season, um, I had a blast, uh, but the beauty of it is there's still a lot left in the tank. And, um, you know, if I'm not a New York giant next year and I'm somewhere else, uh, they're going to get the leader. Um, they're going to get a hard worker. They're going to get a competitor and someone will go out there and compete at a high level to win football games. Lewis, I always pay attention to everything you say, but this one's extra personal for me as a big Giants fan. So uh, mm. really put your back into it here. Tell me this. Should Saquon want to be a Giant for life? Like th this, this conversation kind of crosses over, you know, what's personal and what's professional for a, for a football player. And, look, Jeff, I'm sure, you know, can speak very, very eloquently to this about the fact that, look, players would like to play for the same team for their entire career. They really would. And they would like their team to recognize the fact that they have been an integral part of what uh, has been built that they become kind of interwoven into the fabric of the organization and that they'd want to compensate them accordingly. Okay, players would want that. So, yeah, I don't I don't I don't. I don't say that Saquon shouldn't want to be a Giant because you can tell, like, it's near and dear to him, right? It's, it's personal to him. It's something that he really wants to go down as one of the great Giants of all time because they have a history of having some of the greatest players to ever put on a uniform in the NFL, and he wants to be a part of that. But I think he also learned that last year, this is a business. Yep. This is a big-time business. 
And quite honestly, he's going to have to balance those two. He's going to have to balance the personal and the professional. And when you're talking about the professional, one, you better like start looking at, okay, well, what exactly are they going to show me in terms of money at this point in my career here on a long-term basis? Number two, what are the prospects for Daniel Jones coming off of, off of an ACL, knowing that he's going to be on that roster this year, knowing that they may be hamstrung a little bit from a salary cap perspective? How are they going to improve the football team? How is the team going to get better on the offensive line? Because what, what did Saquon average? Below four yards per carry this year? So, I mean, there's a lot of other things that now, from a professional standpoint, may factor into how much should he want to be remain a New York Giant. Is it the best thing for him to remain a New York Giant? And then the last thing you have to start thinking about is this. Teams now, teams now out there on the free agent, free agent market, do you think teams really want to overpay for a, for a uh, running back who has the kind of mileage and the kind of history that he has from an injury perspective? Do you think that all of a sudden you're going to break the bank going somewhere else with a team that really doesn't know you and doesn't want to assume the kind of risk that maybe the Giants will? He, he's, in a, he's in a tough situation, man. Yeah. He's in a tough situation because you can, you can see it coming out of him that he bleeds Giants blue. Yeah. But he also knows that he may be in one of those situations where he's going to have to take the lesser of the two evils, quite honestly, at this point in his career. Jeff, I want you to weigh in on this, and then I want to get into the quarterback situation. Yeah, if, for me, this is um, this is where the business and the game, they don't go together, right? And Lewis made a great point, right? Players, mm -hmm. you, you love your teammates, you love the organization, like you feel – and so what he's saying, he wants to be the Eli's and the stray hands, right? Like, like, like the guys who stay there forever. Um, but the reality is if he wants to win and increase his value, a, another team is going to be more beneficial. And it may not be the money up front, but it may be what you get for, for your career, for your numbers. Because, you, Lou, you just spoke about it. It, they, they, it feels like they're going to be a mediocre offense again, right? And so when you talk about what could he do, if he goes to a contender, what he brings to them, and this gets outside of the whole money issue, but what value can he bring a team, a dual threat, putting a guy who can catch the ball, run the ball, all those things. You make yourself more valuable when you win a lot of games. Yeah. And that's just the facts of football. And the Giants, you know, they struggled last year. And I don't know that they necessarily turned the corner this year. And that's going to be an issue if you're a running back, especially and, in aging. We've seen the difference for Daniel Jones when Saquon plays, of course. But, oh. Yeah. But, Jeff, tell me this, because mm -hmm. I, I, I want to get to Daniel Jones in that subject. Mm. Should the Giants stick with him? or move on at quarterback. Obviously, he dealt with some injuries this last season. We saw Tommy DeVito step in and did, right. and, and did a solid job. What is the move there? This is the – it's easy to fire, but who are you hiring for me, right? So it's are you going to move mm -hmm. on for Daniel Jones, and who are you moving on to? Are you going to bring in another vet so you can compete right now? Are you trying to draft somebody and develop somebody, uh, you know, and, and kind of retooling your team as you're waiting for the next guy to come along? I think those are the questions that I would have to have. And, again, injuries, you know, de de kind of debunked this season last year. But but from a, from a Daniel Jones, you, you, did, you don't know any more after last year than you knew the year before when you gave him that money. And so it's, hey, what can this kid do for us? How can he help us? Uh, but it's who you're going to. And, and I, I say that all the time. It's easy to fire guys. And who you're hiring, for me, is going to be the, the, the question yeah. that you ask. If you're telling me I'm going to get Kirk Cousin and it's a, and it's a shoe in and he's going to come play for us, okay, you probably got better. If you tell me you don't know who you're going to get and you're just going to kind of wing it, I would say you're better sticking with what you got. Lou, where are you? I'll tell you what. There, there's a number of, thing working against, number of things working against Daniel Jones. Yeah. One, he's hurt. Yep. 
Okay, you don't know how he's going to recover from this ACL. Two, he's coming off a season where all the questions started crop, cropping up again about, is this guy really worth a damn or not? Is yep. this guy really good or not? Did they, just, did they just catch lightning in the bottle the year before? And then once he got paid, you're, you're seeing him kind of regress to the mean? And then thirdly, you realize if you get rid of Daniel Jones, you realize he's, he's, he'd be a $69 million dead cap charge. Exactly. Do you really, you, you, you want to, are you prepared to handle that? Are you prepared right. to handle that? Considering the fact, and look, I, I just don't think there's anywhere to go for, for the New York Giants for 2024 with Daniel Jones. He's going to be there, and you're going to need to salvage this situation and make the best of it. And quite honestly, everything is up in the air right now. Every single thing. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus, receive premium travel benefits, like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. In honor of Black History Month, every Tuesday and Thursday, First Take will spotlight those within the HBCU community who are doing outstanding work. And today we highlight Dr. Daniels, representing Howard University. My name is Lisa Daniels, and I'm a proud Howard University graduate. I work as a sports psychotherapist, and I'm a certified mental performance consultant. A part of making black history every day is showing up authentically as yourself. One of my favorite activities I enjoy leading with the athletes I serve is having them create and design their jerseys that reflect upon their why. I encourage them to use this as your fuel. Know that you are one of one and embrace healthy competition. I encourage them to bring it to the court, bring it to the course, bring it to the track, bring it to the water, wherever your feet land. You are black excellence, and this is evidence in your DNA. Dr. Daniels, thank you kindly. Back to the NBA, Kawhi Leonard scored 36 to help the Clippers beat the Hawks last night, 149-144. But it was a group effort as James Harden had 30 points, 10 assists. Paul George, he had 18. The Clippers, they've been red hot, folks, since December 1st. L.A. is 26-5, the best record in the association, and the best in a 31-game span in franchise history. They also lead the league in field goal percentage in that span. Big perks back here with us. And Ryan went on. Hello, fellas. Hello, hello, hello. Let me just adjust myself quickly. Uh, Perk, tell me this. Which player will be the biggest key if the Clippers win the title? Well, I'm going to tell you this. The player that's going to be the most important throughout the NBA is Kawhi Leonard Jordan. Right now, we're witnessing Michael Jordan in the triangle offense with Phil Jackson. That's how spectacular this man is. And Molly, look, <laughs> Wendy, the weather has been bad in L.A. of late. And you get your best sleep when it's raining outside. And you know who go tuck you in? Kawhi Leonard. 
When you think about all his championship runs, when you think about what he did to the Miami Heat, being on the floor with LeBron James, D-Wade, Chris Bosh, Tim Duncan, Mano Ginobili, Tony Parker, he came out victorious with the finals MVP. You run it back to when he won it in Toronto. He tucked Joel Embiid in, broke up that marriage with him and uh, Jimmy Butler. He put Giannis to sleep throughout the course of that series, and he ended the relationship with Kevin Durant and the Golden State Warriors. When this man is healthy, he could he could be he is the best player against any player in the league in any given series. What he does on both ends of the floor is spectacular. I want you to go back around Christmas around Christmas time when the Clippers played the Boston Celtics in LA. No Kawhi Leonard. The Celtics come in town. They spanked them. They go on the road with a healthy Kawhi Leonard. The whole momentum changed, and they lay a smackdown on the Boston Celtics in the Garden. But when I think about Kawhi Leonard and I think about what he brings to the table and how spectacular and special of a player he is on both ends of the floor, he's not only to the key, he's not only the most important person player on the Clippers roster, but he's the most important player in the NBA. Molly, let me let me talk about the Clippers as a whole for just a yeah. second. Last night was the second night of a back-to-back, a Miami-Atlanta back-to-back. Did you hear what I said? Miami-Atlanta back-to-back, okay? How's that gone in the NBA history down to the end? It was the seventh game of a road trip, okay? Kawhi played 37 minutes. 37 minutes. Paul George, over 30 minutes. James Harden, over 30 minutes. The Hawks had won four games in a row. They were rested. They played great. The Clippers have been one of the best defenses in the league for the last two, three months. The Hawks got 54% on their home floor. Couldn't beat them because the Clippers play together. They play physical. They play defense. They share the ball. They're, they're eight, nine guys deep. They rebound. They are, there is no agenda basketball being played. Also, Westbrook is playing no agenda basketball. James Harden is playing no agenda basketball. They're 16 and 2 when Harden has 10 assists. Now, if you want to come back at me with saying, talk to me in May, that's fair. I got no retort to that. What I'm telling you is the Clippers are playing the best basketball they have in the history of their franchise. Mm. Absolutely. It is the best basketball Kawhi has played since he's been a Clipper. It is the best basketball James Harden, team basketball James Harden, has played in the last three, four years. I have no idea whether it's going to last. I'm not making any predictions. I'm telling you, they're awesome right now. Wendy, real quick, uh, before we have to let you go, what are the biggest names that could be moved before the trade deadline Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern? Yeah, I know it's not an exciting deadline right now with the caveat, Molly, that last year on Tuesday of the trade deadline week, we didn't know Kevin Durant was getting traded. So DeJounte Murray of the Atlanta Hawks, he has been a name that has been out there for uh, almost a month or so now. But the Hawks' asking price is pretty high. They are not showing any desire to so that they have to trade him. I'm not sure he gets moved, but he is a former All-Star. That is a guy who could potentially impact a team. The other guy to watch is Miles Bridges from the Charlotte Hornets, who just put up 41 against the Lakers last night, obviously presenting himself as a guy. The reason that he is fascinating is because he makes a low salary, so contenders can afford him, but he has veto power on all trades. And 
where he goes when he gets traded, he loses his bird rights, and that's a factor. I don't know if he's going to want to go to a team that can't pay him next year. So you look at a team like Philadelphia. They have a bunch of salary cap space. A team like Phoenix, who's also shown interest in him, has no salary cap space. If he gets offered with both, does he make a choice? So Bridges and Murray, two of the big names. It's only Tuesday, though, but those are the two big names we're watching right now. I'm with Wendy on this one. I, I feel like all the big moves have, has been made. You think about OG Ananobi to the Knicks, Pascal Siakam to the Pacers, Terry Rozier to the Miami Heat. It's just going to be a lot of role, piece, role players. I mean, I'm looking at Bruce Brown, right? He's the most attractive he, for us eye candy on what he could bring to, to a contender, but I don't see any major moves for us players, big-time players getting moved in this trade deadline model. I think all the the, the, the cards have been dealt for as the big name guys. Yeah, absolutely. Perk, I don't know why this is on my mind right now, but I was just going to say to you, say hi to Stone for me. And I was going to say Denzel oh, Washington, hi. too. But Denzel isn't your dog. Denzel's J. Will's dog, right? Yeah, your dog, Jay-Z, Jay-Z is my dog. Oh, yeah, it's Jay-Z. Yeah, Jay-Z. That's what I thought. Yeah. Listen, Wendy, you missed that episode, but it was, it, it was, it was a good time. That was a special episode of First <laughs> Um, It feels like Friday, but it's only Tuesday. You guys are the best. Had a lot of fun with you this morning, and I will talk to you soon. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Niners trying to get over that hump. In three of the last four seasons, they got to at least the NFC title game, but haven't been able to win a Super Bowl under Kyle Shanahan. Jeff Saturday, you're going to love this question, so you, oh. just, you just wait for it. Oh, you look, just look, hold look. on to it, and you just enjoy it, because it's only Tuesday, my friend. Is this season a failure if the <laughs> Niners lose the Super Bowl? Absolutely not. Listen, from a player perspective – it's always a failure if you don't win the Super Bowl. But the problem is I played 14 years. I won one. I went to two. So, yeah, from a player perspective, you're like, oh, yeah, it's years. a failure. Wow. It's like, you know, you get, the, you get the AFC championship ring, which we call the loser ring. So, like, but let's not, let's not mix it up. You're really freaking good if you're getting there. So to say it's a failure, like if you're Shanahan and you get there, and by, by the way, let's let's put this in context. Andy Reid was 11 and 13 in the playoffs before Patrick Mahomes became his quarterback, right? So the playoff discussion about like Andy Reid coach teams and Shanahan coach teams are completely different, right? So if if Shanahan brings what is this his his, uh, his third Super Bowl now that he's bringing, he he took his, as an offensive coordinator in Atlanta now and. San Francisco, he's going to another one. The the what the Niners have done is remarkable. Now, do you want to finish it? Absolutely. Like I, I'm not giving you points for second place, but to say an entire season is a failure. And oh, by the way, you may have found your franchise quarterback in Brock Purdy as Mr. Irrelevant. 
there's a lot that have been accomplished in this season, even without the win of a championship. Now, players, every player is going to tell you it's all or nothing, but I can assure you from somebody who went to Super Bowls, played in three SC championship games, and had some season or had a season without Peyton, I think we won three or two games. Um, it, it, it's a whole lot better to get there and, and, and lose than just get beat every week. Losing sucks. So at the, at the end of the day, it's not a complete failure, uh, although players would probably have a little bit of an argument. Yeah, I, I, think it, I think it is considered a failure, and it would be considered a failure for, num- for a number of reasons. And I understand your point, Jeff, but I think for a number of reasons. And I think first it's about expectations. right? What were the expectations for San Francisco this offseason? It was, okay, let, let's just start at the very top. How many times do we hear people say that Kyle Shanahan like basically invented offensive football? No one can scheme you up like Kyle Shanahan. No one can get defenses, dictate the defenses and get them to where they want them to like Kyle Shanahan. Quarterbacks don't even need to think in his offense. They just need to do exactly what, it te- what he tells them, and they'll be, they'll be the next Joe Montana, the next Steve Young. That everything that, that they do out there is geared towards maximizing the potential of a football team. And in the case of the 49ers, it means, especially with this year's roster, Super Bowl or bust, right? Brock Purdy winds up being tied for first place in the regular season in terms of QBR amongst all quarterbacks, him and Dak Prescott. So now he's exceeded expectations well, of, of what anybody had of him coming into this season. And why is that? Because of the roster, because of Kyle Shanahan. Offensively, they have the guy who many people can, wouldn't they would say that this guy should have been voted ahead of a guy like Brock Purdy ultimately in the MVP race and Christian McCaffrey, who has a dynamite season. And they trade for him simply because they think he is a difference maker, an X factor that will help them win Super Bowls. Expectations go up a little bit higher. When we talk about offensive line play in the NFL, what does it always begin and end with? It begins and ends with Trent Williams, right? Because he's the very best guy in the NFL. He's the guy who kills everybody. George Kittle. He's a folk hero of yours and mine. We saw what he did to Aiden Hutchinson. I saw you had it on on your segment on Get Up, man, (laughs) and rightfully so. George Kittle is a beast. Debo, how many wide receivers are the toughest guy on, on on a football team where they're the ones who set the tone because of their physicality? Debo's unique. Brandon Ayuk, he's unique. On the defensive side, Guess who has the most, the highest number of cap dollars allocated to their defensive line? And when you have the, the, the kind of cap dollars allocated to your defensive line like San Francisco does, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to close teams out. You're supposed to end it. You're supposed to put games on ice. Well, now they're in the Super Bowl, and they're going up against the chosen one. They need to end it. Like, they couldn't end it before with Patrick when he hit, what was that, two-jet chip wasp? Was that was the play call that he hit to Tyreek Hill? When they really broke the game open, they got to end it this year. They got to close it out on Patrick Mahomes this year. And Fred Warner considered to be the best linebacker in the NFL. They have got nothing but things lined up for this football team from the very beginning that says it is one thing. You either win the Super Bowl or it's bust. Unfortunately, they're going up against who, as we're talking about on this show and many others, a quarterback who's going to go down in history as one of the greatest to ever play. And not just quarterback, but like I said earlier, one of the greatest football players ever to put on a uniform. That's what they're up against, but I don't care because of what the expectations were coming into this season because of all the different points I just laid out. All season long, we said San San Fran's a juggernaut. They absolutely just knock around everybody. When they decide to play, no one can stay on the field with them. Well, then you better win this Super Bowl out in Vegas. You better win it. Mm. I, th- I, think, I think part of that was 
I think part of that was put to bed for me as the season progressed because, like every team, Lou, you and I both know there's flaws, right? And you see that their defensive line yep. really hasn't played nearly as well as we expected. The back end of Francisco's defense, besides Ward, hasn't really been the kind of closers that we expected them to be. When you talk about Brock Purdy coming off the, the elbow injury, right, and what was he going to be? He's exceeded expectations. But I, I think from my perspective, as I watched them progress through the year, I saw kind of the warts of what it is and what it was. And, you know, when, when you when, – if you're John Lynch and you're Shanahan sitting in, in this seat after this game is played and you lose 27-24, you're not going, man, we, everything we did is for not. You're going, okay, this piece, that piece, all of those different things. Now, from a player perspective, you, you for sure feel like it's it's a bust or nothing. But I think from, from my perspective, watching what this team has managed and found ways to win, learning how to yeah. come back from, from deficits and find a way to win in playoffs, yep. whether it be Green Bay or Detroit, yep. right? Finding certain things to do, I think yeah. there's a lot to glean. So, it, for me, it just would not be a bust the way that we're, we're framing. Lewis, we got to go. Yes or no answer here. Championship window closing for this mm -hmm. team. Yes or no? No. No, I don't think yeah. it is, simply because no. the coach isn't going anywhere and neither That's is the right. quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll leave it there. The best thing I heard today was from you, Jeff, Saturday. The AFC championship ring is the loser ring. Oh, so bad. So from, true, too. From a champion. So true. Don't even get it out of the box. Just leave it wherever so you can. So good. Oh. I love that. Clip that off for me. Send me that. <laughs> Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Andy Reid, renowned for his play calling and brilliant mind. However, Reid's love of details and flavor manifests itself completely in another area. Take a listen. Top three cheeseburgers. Oh, my goodness. We can go across the street, uh, get an In-N-Out burger. Tommy's, Los Angeles. Yeah, Hawk, we'll throw Hawkins in there. Where's Five Guys? Five Guys is up there. This is pretty good. For sure. Legit. Five Guys is pretty good. Legit. All right, let's do it. You, mm -hmm. you want to go? You want to go your top three burgers? My, my top three? Yeah. I'm gonna. Are go. you going fast? Fast foods and restaurants? At I'll all go. Okay, all. I'll go fast okay. food. I'll okay. go. I'll go. My top. My top. I'll go. I'll go by. I'll go okay. Chili's. Will be three. Chili's. Chili's. Oh. Then I would go uh, Burger King, the double okay. Whopper, and then yep. number one is Wendy's double with cheese, extra pickles. Home run. Like it don't. It don't get any better. <laughs> the grease, like as you unfold the oh aluminum or the tinfoil, and you uh, the Lewis, grease in it. Oh, Lewis, have you ever had Mr. Dips right here at Seaport? Because that one's pretty good with the waffle fries. No. It's pretty no, good. No, it's pretty. I've good. actually had Mr. Dips. It is good. It's pretty solid. It and they've good. got some soft serve ice cream if Mr. you really want to go called? for it. Mr. Dips. 
All right, what's your, what's your top three okay, burgers, I'm, I'm gonna hit Lewis? that next time I'm there. I'm gonna hit that next time I'm there. But but I'll tell you what, I'm just gonna get I'm just gonna give you two, okay? Number one, look, I'm with you on Wendy's, man. I'm with you on on a Wendy's single with cheese, Let's you know, lettuce, go. tomato, Wendy's. no pickles though, no mayo. You gotta hold the mayo. You gotta oh, hold the you mayo. Need the mayo in Burger there. King, man. I just I just stopped by a I just stopped by a Burger King just the other day and it was weak, man. I, I didn't really? I didn't like oh. it. I, I took half of it and balled it up and threw it out. But oh. number one for me, for sure, for sure, five. Guys mm. is five number guys one. Yeah, it's five, five guys. guys. It's five guys and their milkshakes. Dude, their milkshakes yeah. are out of <laughs> See, this world. You can't. Look, here's the problem. Everybody when they talk about, talk about cheese, they start bringing in fries and. Oh, shakes. you gotta have good like, fries. Like if you start you bringing in got, those, it changes the, the whole dynamic. The, We're just going burger. No, the fr you gotta have fries with the burger, <laughs> and they gotta be hot, and they gotta be crispy. And Molly you know McDonald's has the best. There you go. You know McDonald's. Has the best fries. <laughs> $50 Can't tell me otherwise. That's all. Relax. You played 14 <laughs> years in the league.